Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. All the hard work, let's go! College football today. Uh, We are set for a Red River shootout between Texas and Oklahoma. Welcome to College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI, Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci. Going to be with you for the next three hours. Great slate of action, guys. I mean, Oklahoma, Texas, LSU, and Florida, Rich. I mean, really separation Saturday for some teams within the Power Five. Yeah, and how about Notre Dame going to Blacksburg? I mean, yeah. all of a sudden after that big win against Stanford last week, we got to talk about Notre Dame as a legitimate playoff contender, but this could be their toughest game left. Enter the Sandman, enter the Irish as they head to uh, play Virginia Tech. Yeah, Gabe, when, in, in Vegas, when these lines opened up Sunday, there was a lot of early action, and from a handicapping perspective, especially in rivalry games, I'm always inclined to take the points for a majority of these games. How do you see it uh, in terms of that aspect? I agree with you 100%. And as the kids uh, on the street say, uh, it's getting real. It's getting real uh, this weekend uh, right now. LSU, Florida, that's real. Uh, Notre Dame's national championship and playoff aspirations are very, very real. There's a couple of more landmines, and this is one of them. You guys talked about it. You know, there's a lot of cliches in college football. Oh, there's nowhere better than X on a Saturday night. You know, we've got your death valleys, your happy valleys, your college stations. But for my money, Virginia Tech, these these kids are loco. <laughs> when they like like Rich said, they start cranking out Metallica out. Like, I like it as a metal head. I'm like, oh yeah, they're cranking out metal. Everyone's jumping up and down. The kids have drank like, you know, 32 beers each. It's it's gonna be a wild, uh, wild atmosphere. The question is, can Ryan Willis have the success that he did last week? Yeah, great point. I mean, Willis stepped up, he threw for yeah. over three hundred yards, time. got the victory on the road against a solid Duke team last weekend. In Durham, and when you look at some of the uh, matchups today, I mean, Michigan playing Maryland, they have a look ahead with Wisconsin. Wisconsin facing a beaten-up Nebraska team that's 0-4, guys, for the first time since 1945. And when you look at the flip side, you have UCF rolling, I mean, each and every week, dominating victory over Pittsburgh last week. You think Scott Frost is wishing he was still in Orlando? Well, I actually think Scott Frost, well, I, I think he's happy where <laughs> right. he is, technically, but uh, if he's wishing anything, maybe he should have taken that Florida job because he had an opportunity. That That's a heck of a better job than Nebraska. I mean, if he was in Gainesville right now with that talent, he might be where Dan Mullen is yeah. preparing for LSU. But the one thing I'll quickly say about Frost and Chip Kelly, for that matter, is I think in a weird sort of way, being 0-4 is a luxury because now you're going to write off this season. I mean, it's over. You're, you're not going to a bowl game. Maybe you win one Maybe you win two. This is all about 2019. So Scott Frost, Chip Kelly, they have license to start playing those younger players that they recruited in February and last December. Let's turn the page and uh, start getting ready for 2019 in those cities. I I think we look at Tom Herman in this situation. And, of course, the famous, 
There's no magic wand. You know, there's, and I think people, look, they gave, uh, they gave Scott Frost the key to the state. <laughs> they basically said it's Scott Frost day. I think they were hoping they're going to be three and one or four and oh, uh, et cetera, at this, at this point in time. But you look at Tom Herman and Tom Herman uh, went to, uh, went to Austin, supposed to be the savior. You know, lost to Maryland. Took, you know, took a little while. Now he's starting to get this thing going a little bit. You look at Harbaugh as well. You know, I know it sounds cliche, but let these coaches get their own kids. You look at Willie Taggart right now. Jimbo Fisher left a mess. You know, he recruited a mess. There's a lot of talent there. There's no leadership. It's a mess. Taggart's got to clean it up uh, right now. He's going to get the blame for right now. Whenever it's college, I think we need to give these coaches, you know, two, three years. Used to be five, but we're in an impatient society right now, Joe. Yeah, win now. You have to win now. If you can't win within three years, you remember it used to sort of be all right. Coach got a five year, five years, yeah, five five year plan. plan. And if that's what they say, it's a two or three year plan. Not done after five. You know, you can fire me. Now it's more three year plan. Like you know, we'll give you, we'll give you a mulligan. You know, the honeymoon year one, mulligan year two, year three. Compete for Dude, a conference people title. People calling for Harbaugh's head yeah. in Michigan. Yeah. yeah. What more do you need to know? I think Gabe is absolutely yeah. right. When I, when I look at these two situations, because I believe in Chip Kelly and I absolutely believe in Scott Frost. I didn't Frost. think they'd be this bad. No, I, no, I, I I'm, agree. I'm shocked by Listen, this. Listen, I, I hyped up. Chip I think Kelly. Nebraska Rich, could be I two said, and two I think right Chip now. Chip Kelly can get these guys to the playoffs yeah. in a couple of yeah. years. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I, I I thought they'd be around four wins, five wins in your preseason. Yeah. What did you have, Matt? I had them. Uh, I think five and seven. Five and seven, which I yeah, which they're not going to hit. No. But I I agree with you. I think they would have been about four or five win team. This is the way I look at the three year plan. Year one is the honeymoon. Year one is all about rebuilding and getting your philosophy in place, getting beginning to get your kids in place. Year two, get to the postseason, get to a bowl game. I don't care what it is. Nebraska, UCLA, get to six and six, get to seven to five. By year three, you have to be competing for a conference. Yeah, title. that's a great point. You know who ruined the five year plan? Nick Saban. Nick Saban ruined the five year plan when he came back to Alabama. Nick Saban's ruined a lot of things, well, Joe, for people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's forced teams that maybe were never thinking about national championships to start thinking, hey, we could do this. We could turn around a program in yeah. two and three years. And I think be it's the salary as well, Joe. Contender. When, when a team, when a university, when a school, when the boosters give a Harbaugh $8 million a year, when they bring in a Frost and there's Jimbo all, down at AM. Jimbo, yeah. they expect results. Yeah. Right? They, they expect results and they expect results pretty quickly. Well, yeah. and to the Nick Saban point, I mean, people have to keep in mind they were what in year one? I think they were seven and six. Yeah. And they lost to what is now a Sunbelt team in, in ULL so or ULM. Right. It was ULM that they lost to. So even a Nick Saban in year one is not Nick Saban. So patience is the key. If you have the right guy, and I think Chip Kelly at UCLA, Scott Frost in Nebraska are the right guys. Seems like the right guys for the right place. Just be patient. Just what do you guys think of uh, of Nick Saban ripping the student uh, body? Yeah, I, I think it's ridiculous. He's just never the, happy. My I think God. he's got nothing to complain about. It's so, ridiculous. You know, he had no reason to yell at Maria Taylor that night. But they're on, on the, the road this weekend, too. They're on the road in Fayetteville. At so Arkansas, he's, he's but, ripping Yeah, the for fans. people who missed it, he was ripping the student body for not being lively enough or yeah. present enough in last week's game against... In a ULL. game in which they were 49-and-a-half-point favorites. They were 49 and, How listen, about you stop a cupcake schedule and playing Arkansas State exactly. and Louisiana Lafayette? They're playing a Citadel. Yeah. It's enough. Yeah. You, know, you, I, you know, Give the kids a reason. I, I get it. And I was surprised. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, shocking. I don't know if you guys heard. So, Tim Tebow, this is just last night. So, Tebow was asked about, what do you think about Coach Saban ripping the students? He goes, he's absolutely right. He goes, all these kids go to uh, go to university and spend uh, spend daddy's money. 
And he said, these kids have done nothing to earn the national championships. Very on Tebow like. Yeah. It's basically mock yeah. number one, Tim. Did you pay to go to university? No. You're from an upper middle class family and you had a scholarship. So now you're ripping kids for not spending money enough. What, to pay Saban's nine million dollar a year contract? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, dude, it's I looked it up too. Uh, Alabama is the fourth poorest, poorest state in America. Does Saban think about that? Did, did, did he think about that when he's ripping people for not selling out a game when they're 50-point favorites? We're not cheering enough. You know what? He has raised the bar to his credit. He's put the bar at a level where the only thing that really matters is their games that are going to yeah. impact the national championship. So if you want to right. schedule ULL, you know what? I'm sorry. People yep. aren't going to get that jacked up about it. Just live with it. Yep. I'm a little, I, listen, I like Saban because I respect what he's done. The fact that he can have those kids motivated year after year. Is he the best college year. coach ever? Yeah, and this, day, for him to do a game in this era, he has so he's to at be. eight right now, right? He isn't he tied with th- Bear? He needs he's, one more. Yeah, he needs one. They, they have six national championships each, so he's got one at LSU and five with Alabama. Is it six? Yeah, he's got six. Is it so? It's five and one LSU. So he's at six. All right. So excuse me. So they're both tied at six. Right. So he becomes the but in the modern the era, Alabama. Yeah. It's crazy, right. but he surpasses Bear with the win. I think he wants to get it up there so no one can ever catch him. He's 66 right now. How many more years does he have left? At least four, he, he looks he he acts younger than 66. He does not look like a a slowing down 66. He looks like he's 66 going on 56, yeah. quite frankly. I think he's got a couple he's more years. He's got a great years. dye job, too. I'd I mean, say, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> Why'd you look at my I hair when, he's, he's he's when you said that? He, he's You're looking a, at my hair when I you said that. I believe Joe, it's called Grecian formula. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's got a great dye job. I think. Gonna, that's something that you guys will have to worry about down the road. I, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, have to worry see, about any dye jobs The edges of being hairless. That's it. Intellectual. I got you. I got the James Franklin. That's it. James Franklin. Fans aren't too happy with James Franklin. We'll get For into good that reason, a little yeah. bit Well, at later. least they covered. You're not happy because you had no, a bunch of money they, line parlays I over did. at the Sportsbook. They blew that. They blew that. Play calling-wise, they blew that. When Tracy McSorley <laughs> Horrible passes, play call. Two, 286 through the air, 175 you yards take the on ball the ground. Out of his hands. And Penn State <laughs> as a whole only rushed for 206 yards in that game. You decide to hand the ball off on fourth on and On an five. inside handoff inside, that Chase after, Young had completely sniffed after out, two, I know. After two timeouts. But that's besides the point. We'll turn our attention to the big game. It's Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma's won three of the last five over the Longhorns by five points per game. Picked up this win last year, 29-24. to 24. You look at Texas, gutty win in Manhattan last week, 19-14, to 14, jumped out to the big lead, held on as the Wildcats made a second-half uh, uh, comeback in that matchup. Texas has only given up 115 rushing yards per game, and more importantly, Rich, they're only giving uh, up 34% on third-down conversions. To me, that's the difference. I really like the way the offensive and defensive lines are playing. I think it'll be very close, but in the end, Texas prevails. Yeah, I think this will be a close game, too, and, that, and that's been the history of these two schools. They've, they've played close. Texas is rising at the most opportune time of the season. It's defensively Todd Orlando doing a great job with his kids, Gary Johnson, uh, Ed linebacker Caden Stearns on the back end. They need a little more from the pass rush. I mean, they're going to have to get more pressure on Kyler Murray, but you really have one individual that you have to contain. That's been the job for Todd Orlando this week is how do you slow down Kyler Murray? Nobody's been able to do it except maybe Army. So what I think about is ball control offense. Texas is going to have to play keep away from Kyler Murray. They're going to have to run the ball. The offense has played a little bit better second half last week in Manhattan notwithstanding, but Texas is heading in the right direction. Tom Herman 
against the spread as an underdog, eleven and one, and that's what I look in as. as I, that's what I look at in this case. As a favorite, he's been sketchy. As an underdog, he's been fantastic. I think he wins today. I got nothing as well. left now, Rich. That's what I was. I think they the cover. Table. He's eleven and one as an underdog, but you are correct. Yeah. How about this though, guys? It's amazing. When when do you think the last time Texas won five football games in a row was? Has to be, I'd say, 2006, 2007. 2013. Okay. So it's still five years. Uh, he's time. got a four-game win streak going right now. Texas have not won five games in a row in five years, guys. We talk about Herman getting this thing going. You talked about the defense show, yeah. only giving 16, uh, 16 points a game during this four-game uh, win streak right now. I still think there's going to be points put up on the board in this game. I like the over. Yeah, see, here's what I look at when I look at this matchup. You mentioned a lot of points. Oklahoma's averaging 217 rushing yards per game, and they're passing for over 300 yards with Kyler Murray. 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. 48.6 points about, a game they're averaging. And how about this? 54% conversions on third down. Yeah. As long as they can maintain drives and jump up on Texas and force Ellinger to play from behind, to me, that's the matchup. And that's the one concern I have. I still like Texas uh, because of their ability to run the football and dictate the tempo. But if they fall behind in this matchup, it could be a long day for a long uh, I totally agree. I mean, uh, Sam Ellinger in that offense is not geared for yeah. catch-up mode, uh, although they do have some quality receivers we've talked about over the past couple of weeks. Colin Johnson, LJ Humphrey, they have big targets. Yeah. I'm not sold on the Oklahoma defense, guys. I yeah, mean, me you know, they... they they did not play well against Iowa State. Didn't think they played particularly well against Army. Turned it around last week. I mean, when it was time to hit the gas, 66-33 over Baylor, they they turned it around. But you notice a pattern there, Rich? It seems to be that Oklahoma, they're gonna they're gonna tattoo and paste speed based spread offense teams. It's crazy. As you talked about, who really gave them a tough time? Army. Army. Yeah. Physical. Physicality. Iowa State Just, you know, slow I'm it down a little bit. Iowa State not a physical. Yeah. I'm thinking if I'm, if I'm Herman, I want to run the ball. I want to run the yep. ball right up the middle. I want to play physical. I want to blow. I want to win the game in the trenches. The time You're of possession game. You're not outscoring and out finessing and no. skilling Oklahoma here. They got a kid that's like a first-round draft pick in Major League Baseball. Yeah. You know, you're not going to outskill them. You know, to me... If you're Texas, you got to play old school smash mouth football. Yeah, and this is the game that possibly Oklahoma misses Rodney Anderson that was yes. injured in the game against Iowa State. I mean, when you look at Oklahoma's defense overall, they're giving up 252 passing yards per game, but more importantly, 152 rushing yards to opposing offenses. And you look at Texas entering this matchup with Trey Watson, who, to me, he's starting to come on in the offense. Texas is rushing for 154 yards per game as long as they can maintain drives and jump up early. I think the Longhorns win this matchup. I'm not sold on high scoring here. I could see this ball game 31-28, 31-24. Texas, to me, if they get into the 40s, it could be a long day. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's a shootout, Gabe. I, I don't think it's a shootout because I think, to your point, Texas has to control time of possession. Yeah. And to Joe's point, this is a Trey Watson, yeah. Sam Ellinger kind of carrying the ball himself. I think they're going to try to limit possessions for Kyler Murray. I think Oklahoma escapes with a victory. I see this being very close. Love the points in Texas. Well, we've talked about the, the number five being the key here, right? Two consecutive years. Last year, 29-24. Game goes under. Interesting. The last seven years that they played, or last six, I should say, going into the seventh today, it's alternated between overs and unders. Yeah. And it's never really been all-out shootouts. We had a 45-40 game a couple of years ago, 24-17, 31-26. So there have been a lot of, you know, 
high 20s type right. of games that would keep us out of the number. What is the number? I don't know if we... It's, it was 60, uh, 61 and a half earlier in the week, down to uh, 60, 60 and a half right now. See, here's the thing that scares me uh, just from the Vegas angle. That line opened up at seven and a half, which I thought was... Very high. And it really consider- hasn't moved much, Joe. There hasn't yeah. been a lot of movement it's on this seven number and a all half, week. More than a touchdown. It's I was settled expecting- in at seven right now. Yeah, I mean that's just. You're not shocked by the way where it opened, just based where off. Where did of- you think it would open? I had it at nine. I, I, I would put it at five and a half, six. I mean, it's I had a rival. It at nine. You know why it's at seven? You guys are two experts that follow the game as much as nine anybody plus does. five. You yeah. just said I ah, Oklahoma nine. Yeah, I had a five, seven. Yep, there yeah. you go. You know, saying they're they're seeing all right. Where's the marketplace? Yeah. yeah, interesting. We'll see. I mean, uh, you look at that week one matchup. And as don't well. think for a second. Excuse me, John. I was going to say, oh. but don't think for a second. The odds makers don't know it was a five point game last year. It was a five point game the year before, and it was a seven point game. Yeah. They're not going to make the number larger than that. Yeah. The body and with Herman, the body of work is five point games. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we'll be joined by sports brokers vice president Jamie Heath. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio Thirty Four. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Back on College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI, Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci, breaking down all the top 25 action a little bit later today. We're joined now by Sports Brokers Vice President Jamie Heath. He's been on fire with his weekly picks. Jamie, how are you today? Great, guys. How are you doing today? Uh, rivalry weekend, Jamie. I mean, great games on tack. Oklahoma, Texas, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. From a handicapping perspective, though, I mean, does this figure in, especially when you break down these rivalry games? Absolutely, it does, uh, Joe. Especially, like you said, Oklahoma, Texas, a major rivalry. It's the red rivalry uh, shootout or Red River rivalry. Uh, say that three times fast. It's tough. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, yeah, very, very big game. And obviously, as far as a betting perspective and a handicapping perspective, Yes, there's a lot of things to take into consideration when it comes to a game such as that, for sure. Let's uh, go right there, Jamie. Uh, Red River, Dallas, uh, fried corn dogs. I think they fry everything at the Texas State Fair. Uh, which yeah, team you will could, be you could fry? fry a boot and it would taste good. It probably would taste Snickers good. Snickers bars, Mars bars. We're all hungry in the studio today, so uh, I think we're we'd be willing to fry anything, right? <laughs> Um, <laughs> Let's fry the book. What do you <laughs> what, what do you see uh, Oklahoma Texas in this uh, longstanding rivalry? Oh, uh, it should be a very very interesting game. Oklahoma is off to another one of those fast shoot uh, fast starts. They're five and zero on the season right now. Kyler Murray looks like a major Heisman contender. He's got seventeen TDs on the season, uh, four TDs rushing as well. They haven't really played anybody as far as uh, their schedule right now that, that has any kind of defense. Uh, that's just something to con- that concerns me as well a little bit. 
they they started out the season. They blew out Florida Atlantic. Then they played a really uh, so-so UCLA team at best. They went to overtime against Army. They destroyed Baylor last week when when uh, Kyler Murphy uh, sat out. I think the first uh, series because he was late to a practice or something. But anyhow, now they're playing Texas. Texas uh, is a different animal. Their defensive coordinator seems like he's the only one that actually has any kind of uh, success against Lincoln Riley as far as keeping them under the 30 points uh, per game that they usually score. Actually, they score in the 40s or 50s. So I honestly think this is going to be a defensive game where Texas is going to try to limit the uh, possessions for Oklahoma. They're going to try to pretty much run the football as much as possible. And uh, I'm actually seeing a low-scoring game. I know the total opened at 62. It has uh, dropped down to 60-and-a-half. The line went from 8-7. to seven. I'm looking for a low-scoring game, and I actually think Texas can actually give Oklahoma all they can handle today, and I wouldn't be surprised if Texas uh, puts Oklahoma in the, in the loss column today. I like where you're going with this. I'm going to ride the wave uh, once again with you, Jamie. It's Morenzi here. Always a pleasure. Um, you know, Rich Sermonello stole my material earlier. I think uh, he, he's, he pulled a Bill Belichick. He looked at my game script. <laughs> I heard Brent Musburger <laughs> used to do that to people all the time. It would drive people crazy. Like, sounds, that sounds like a Brent move. No, like he, no, I'm dead serious. Like Basically, like the, the analyst would go to the bathroom during a game or something. Like Brent would literally look through his notes, come back, bang it off, and Buddy would look at him like, dude, that's... <laughs> That's that's my material. That's yeah. what I that's my, what I got for the game. I got nothing other than and that. And Brent, well, tough. Shouldn't yeah, have so left. Then, so then, Irv so Cross, Irv Cross, and uh, Jimmy the Greek yeah. pretty much were left. Uh, yeah, he's lucky. Handed. Brent's lucky he didn't get an Irv Cross uh, thereafter. But all kidding aside, <laughs> uh, Tom Herman eleven eleven and one against the spread as an underdog. When when you got a coach that's eleven and one against the spread as an underdog, and he's won these eight of these games, Joe outright. Think back to the Houston Cougar days when they beat FSU in the bowl game. Yeah. Um, etc. A lot of a lot of big wins. Oklahoma, incidentally, right? The opener a couple years Oklahoma. ago. Oklahoma. Yeah. He's yep. beaten Oklahoma before. Something people haven't brought up. Um, you, I can't buck that, uh, Jamie. I'm getting plus seven with not, coach not, at seven not, and one against the spread. Not. How can I buck that? Yeah, no, you can't. And like and like you just mentioned, uh, Gabe, he already has success against Oklahoma. He beat them uh, a couple years back when he was with the Houston Cougars. And they were, I want to say, about a 20-something point underdog in that game. They won that game outright. So, yes, he's had success against Oklahoma. The defensive coordinator has had success against Oklahoma. And like I said, Texas has played. Actually, their schedule has been a lot more difficult. Uh, They played TCU. They they handled TCU. They went into Kansas State. They pretty much were dominating that game last week. They kind of let them back in the game late. But... I honestly think that uh, this game uh, can go right down to the wire, and I could actually see Texas winning it. Jamie, before we get into the Notre Dame-Virginia Tech matchup, we know you have a special package. I mean, you're turning outcomes into incomes. Let fans know what you have on store for today's Week 6 action. Well, Joe, we do. We've been we've been uh, riding our 2-0 little package every week, and we've been pretty much going 2-0, so... Why not just say to everyone out there that we're going to go 3-0 today? The rest wow, of the he's raising three. the ball. We're, we're, we're absolutely destroying college football. We want everyone out there to turn to us. I know it's October, the first week in October. I'm sure a lot of people out there are not exactly finding it as easy as it is for us. Give us a call at 1-800-220-6262. Join our website. Visit our website, thesportsbrokers.com. We turn outcomes into incomes. Definitely call us again, one 800 220 
Huge atmosphere in Lane Stadium, and that's where I want to go. Notre Dame coming off a very impressive win over Stanford last week. They now go on the road, Jamie. This is a Virginia Tech team that bounced back from that loss two weeks ago to Old Dominion, got a solid quality win against ACC opponent Duke. How much does the atmosphere play into this matchup, playing in Lane Stadium, and you have a young quarterback in Ian Book. He's stepped up now in in back-to-back weeks, but how important is it for him to start fast in this ballgame? It's very important to start fast, especially when you're talking about Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. Very tough place to play. Last year, it's a very similar situation for Notre Dame. Last year, everyone was extremely high on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And they ran into a buzzsaw when they, when they went into Miami. They actually got slaughtered in that game. But this year, I'm actually looking diff- I'm looking at a different Notre Dame team that I've seen in the past. Their offensive line and defensive line is so dominant right now. I watched that game against Stanford, and at halftime, I was looking at a couple friends and saying, wow, this Notre Dame team really, really, really looks strong. Now, now, flip side, Virginia Tech. Yes, they did turn it around last week, but they also have a new quarterback playing for them in Ryan Willis. He threw three touchdowns against a very underrated Duke team last week. Not them from the unbeatens last week. But let's go back the week before when they gave up 500 passing yards to Old Dominion. That's Old Dominion, guys. Now they're going to be playing against Notre Dame. I honestly think Kelly is going to obviously – he's not looking past Virginia Tech by any means. I really look for Notre Dame to really put – put the pedal to the metal in this game and beat this team by at least two touchdowns. I like Notre Dame, and I, I think the game's going to be an over as well because I don't see I think Ian Book's going to throw all over them as well as run all over them. I, I like Notre Dame in this game. Yeah, I do too. I, I think folks are looking for a letdown out of ND. I, I don't expect it, Jamie. I'm, I'm with you. I, impressed by Virginia Tech last week, but I go back to that old Dominion game. They're struggling against the pass. And uh, exactly. Ian Book is throwing the ball very he, well, so I, he, I get, has a, he has an absolute he has an absolute dimension to, to Notre Dame that they haven't had. When they had Wimbush, they obviously were running yep. the football a lot, but but now Ian Book adds a complete other dimension. I know Willis, like I said, threw three touchdowns against Duke, but but uh, Notre Dame absolutely has a shutdown corner on their team as well. He's very impressive uh, as well on the defensive side. Yep. I just think they have a better squad offensively and defensively, to be honest with you. I agree. I give a lot of credit to Brian Kelly, too. I mean, he had the wherewithal to use Wimbush in Week 1 against Michigan, that speedy, fast, closing defense. He needed the athletic quarterback and then realized it was time to uh, pivot and move to the passing quarterback, and this team has a legitimate shot to uh, to run the table in the regular season. This is... Um, Absolutely. You know, the, the narrative and the situation sort of sets up situationally for Virginia Tech here. It reminds me of the Buffalo Bill game tomorrow. The narrative, the spot, the trends, etc. But the actual players on the field don't care about any of that stuff. And you mentioned it, Jamie. Listen, I'm going to roll the dice with Fuente here. We talk about uh, Tom Herman being a great underdog. Um, you know, Virginia Tax coach is also a great underdog in spots like this. You know, Book has been great. You know, he really has been. And I don't know if he's going to be overwhelmed by this situation. Notre Dame's defense is great. They're only giving up 4.8 yards uh, per pass play. And this Dexter Williams kid really added a new dynamic Another sort of, you know, star running back back there. Dangerous situation, but I'm just, I'm falling for it. Call me Johnny Q Public on this one, Joe. 
I'm taking the seven points with the Hokies. Yeah, I'm with you here, Jamie. I'm with Gabe. I like the underdog in that spot. The question I want to ask you is when you look at this matchup from a totals perspective, I could see this game going both ways. I could see Virginia Tech trying to slow down the tempo to keep Ian Book on the sidelines because you mentioned that Virginia Tech defense giving up 304 passing yards per game, but they're rock solid in run support, only giving up 84 yards to opposing offenses. So I'm a little confused about the total. I think if I had a lean, I would go to the over just because in big games you see fireworks. But how do you see that from the totals perspective? Well, the the line uh, is uh, it's hovering around fifty five as far as the total is concerned. And honestly, I think that uh, Notre Dame, I, like you were just saying, they're going to probably have to throw the ball to probably win this game because uh, Virginia Tech's been pretty stout the defense against the run. Virginia Tech, I think, is going to be trailing early in this game. I see them throwing the ball as well. You could see a turnover, maybe a pick six, possibly. Who knows? But I'm really leaning towards the over as well in this game. I think I think Notre Dame's going to probably score in the 40s in this game. I know they, they scored a ton against Wake Forest. That's a completely different animal. It's the same ACC opponent. It is another road test. Uh, I know a lot of you out there are thinking, like, like last year, the same thing's going to happen in Notre Dame. They're going to fall on a flat on their backs like they did against Miami. But I honestly think this is a different type of Notre Dame. And if Ian Book does struggle at all, he could always turn to Wimbush. So that's another added plus for, for Kelly and Notre Dame. Yeah, good point. I agree. Let's uh, let's turn our attention to, uh, to SEC country. It's October 6th, Jamie. We're talking about Mark Stoops and not John Calipari at Kentucky, which is testament to what uh, Coach Stoops is doing. I, I think this is a legitimate... Kentucky team. I think this is a nine-win squad offensively, defensively, offensively with Benny Snell, defensively with Josh Allen, but now they have to go to College Station. I think this is where the perfect season ends. What do you think about tonight's game between the Aggies and the Wildcats? I'm with you, Rich, on this one. I'm actually uh, I'm in full agreement, I should say, on that. Uh, Kentucky, yes, they are the Cinderella darlings right now. They, uh, they're the 13th-ranked Team. They are for real. I, uh, there's no question. They went into the swamp, completely dominated the Florida Gators. Then they uh, they handed Mississippi State their lunch, and last week they uh, they they took care of business again against South Carolina. So they are a legitimate team. Snell is running all over the place. They're they're obviously a run first type offense. But the thing is, they're, they are going into College Station. This is Jimbo Fisher's first major test at home against a college, against a, against a conference opponent. They've only lost against Clemson, which they, sh- they actually should have beaten Clemson at home. And then, of course, they lost to Alabama. Well, everyone loses to Alabama. And actually, in the first half, they didn't play that badly either. So I'm with you. I like, I like Texas A&M, especially since they're at home. You're talking about the 12th man, very tough place to play. Trevion Williams has has a, a point to prove here, too, because everyone's talking about Blake Snell. Meanwhile, Trevion Williams' numbers are just as good as Blake Snell's. I think when it comes push to shove in this game, Kentucky's going to have to throw the ball. I'm not very impressed with their quarterback right now. I think Kelly Mon is a, is a much more seasoned quarterback. I like Texas A&M to win this game by at least 10 points. You know, it breaks my heart, Jamie. It breaks my heart, brother, because you and I are usually <laughs> always on the same side of things i've got to ride kentucky here i'm going with kentucky uh only you know this is the old adage when i lived in las vegas basically and you know if it comes up uh red eight times in a row with the roulette wheel don't bet black on the ninth time 
And I, I almost want to, like, you know, let's let's check the tape. Uh, going back to when I said, let's take Kentucky against Florida. Let's check the tape when I said, let's take Kentucky against Mississippi State. Let's check the tape last week when I said, come on, we're getting Kentucky at home here uh, in a pick'em spot against South Carolina. And once again, I will ride Kentucky. I will ride Kentucky or get into five and a ride, half. That, that sounds like something at Churchill Downs. Ride and Kentucky. down the stretch, Benny Snell comes. There you go. Benny Snell. If they win this game, he's a Heisman contender. Yeah, I think he is right now. Let the SEC in rushing the last year. Yeah, right, without a doubt. I guess the question is. I think it's is, a close game. I'm just saying, I don't need to win this game. I think it's a close one. I'm not sure AM's ready to be blowing people out yet. It is a classic letdown spot, and you got to wonder in horse racing terms. Man, they've been running hard uh, on, on a long track. Eventually, Kentucky, they're going to run out of gas. There's got to be some sort of letdown coming. But as somebody that's been riding the wave and on them on a weekly basis, I can't hop off now. Yeah, and when you look at the total in this I matchup, hate. Jamie, I mean, you're on Texas A&M, so the, the game plan has to be the way Texas A&M jumped up against Arkansas last week by 14 points, the same type of uh, game plan against Kentucky that really struggles stretching teams vertically with the passing game. That being said, the total's right in the area of about 46.5 for this matchup. I mean, I would think that... You know, it's a conference game. So for that, I would lean to the over here as well. I mean, everything points to an under because of the ability for Benny Snell to run the football. But, I mean, how do you break that down from a totals perspective? Well, okay, that's a great question. I think the total actually is around 49 in this game, not 46 and a half. Uh, it might be dropping, but it was. It opened actually at 50 and a half. It's come down a little. It's actually around 48 and a half, 49. Maybe it's even as low, like you said, at 46 and a half. I'm not, I'm, I didn't see the late change on that. Because I know when I got on the phone with you guys, it was 48 and a half. Okay. But honestly, Kentucky and Texas A&M are kind of mirages, mirage images of each other. They, they pretty much like to run the football. That's pretty much their, their bread and butter right now. And that's how they establish uh, getting on top of their opponents. Kentucky pretty much has been running the football uh, and they've been very successful, and they've jumped on top of all their opponents this year, this, uh, year so far. But I honestly think that Texas A&M is going to get out to the lead in this game. The home crowd, I think Kelly Mond might, might uh, come up with a big play right off the jump. And if, and if, and if, if Kentucky is actually trailing in this game, I see them uh, trying to possibly get out of their comfort zone, possibly throwing the ball a little bit more. That could lead to a possible turnover here and there. But I'm slightly leaning, actually, towards the under in this game. I think it could be a defensive type of game. But uh, I'm honestly thinking that the game could be low scoring as far as Kentucky's concerned. I might see Kentucky scoring possibly 17 points in most of this game. I see a final score maybe 27-17, Texas A&M, something around that ballpark. Yeah, you were right, Jamie. It's right around 48 and a half, 49. So, as always, great insight and information. Before you go, where can people pick up the package? Once again, ladies and gentlemen out there, we've been giving out this package at 2-0. Uh, evidently, uh, we seem to be going 2-0 pretty much on all our, our major picks. We have three games today that we absolutely love. We don't go 3-0 and today. The rest of your college season is absolutely free. Give us a call, 1-800-220-6262. Again, 1-800-220-6262. Visit our website. Join our website, bsportsbrokers.com. We turn outcomes into incomes, ladies and gentlemen. See you next week, Jamie. Good stuff, great, Jamie. Great insight. When we come back, we'll be talking Can't about wait, LSU in Florida. Keep it where it is.
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. On college football today, brought to you by Bet DSI, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci talking about all the big games a little bit later today. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account now using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag Enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. That's FNTSY. Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusive single-entry contest. It's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contest. Are, are you out of your survival pool already? I can't even talk. Are you out of your survival pool already? might be the worst read in the history already? of leagues. Fantasy Factor's Second Chance Survivor Contest is now registering, so sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. Maybe I should just do that. I do them uh, every day. Fantasy Factor is the best single uh, contest entry. You it is. There you go. <laughs> Let's talk about that matchup in Blacksburg. Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech picked up this victory two years ago in South Bend, 34-31. to That was Gerard Evans. That was a different type of team. Now Ian Book goes on the road. Again, I was on Notre Dame last week. Very impressed. Balanced offense. Rushing and passing for over 200. But I think it's the defense of Virginia Tech later tonight, Rich. Uh, I disagree, Joe. Yeah. I, I I just think Notre Dame is a better football team. Or people are waiting for the letdown. I don't think they're going to get it. Uh, they they've got a balanced offense. Virginia Tech's fantastic against yeah. the run, number four in the country, but against the pass, one hundred and twenty second nationally. That's exactly where ND is going to go. Brian Kelly's smart. He looked at the tape of that ODU game for Virginia Tech. This is their opportunity to kind of make amends for ODU. I just don't think it happens. Offensively, big wide receivers. Miles Boykin was terrific against Stanford last week. I expect to see more of that this week. Alizé Mack at tight end, Chase Claypool. They're all 6'4 or bigger. I think Virginia Tech played well last week against Duke. This is a totally different ball game. And one final name to throw out there, Jerry Tillery. Defensive interior. We've been talking about defensive linemen, you know, the Bosa's, the Ed Oliver's, the Clemson kids. Jerry Tillery last week, four sacks from the interior. Yep. This is a much better ND team. One of my best bets. I yeah. think they win in college. Right. Yeah. This, this Notre Dame team has NFL talent. Yeah, this, is, uh, this, team, this, NFL, this Notre Dame team has NFL talent. I'm playing in numbers here, guys. And as a gambler, this is what I'll be bringing to the table to let you know. Uh, Fuente, eight and four. 
Um, last 12 times as a home underdog. 11-2 um, and two at home straight up. They don't lose a lot of games. Historically, this is an interesting number as well. Um, 51 times against non-conference opponents. They've only lost uh, once by more than seven points at home. Yeah. Wow. I mean, here's you the know, thing. So there's not a lot of blowout yeah. losses for Vatek on their home field over the years, guys. Yeah. You I know, mean, the last 51 times they played non-conference teams in, in Blacksburg. They lost by seven once. Yeah, they struggled a couple of years, a few years ago when Ohio State came there with Which Braxton was Miller. Which the end of the Beamer yeah. era, right? That, that's that was, that was a transition. Yeah. They're going to have to create turnovers here. They're plus six in turnover And margin. special teams, the yep. old stereotype of the old Beamer ball. And if you unquote. want a little momentum, they are honoring Frank Beamer today with Good. a statue. Yeah. So, I mean, keep that in mind. That's, you know. Is it a blackout or a whiteout or one of these stupid uh, outs? I'm not sure. It could Eight be o'clock, it could be some yeah. kind of out. Well, yeah. and, and third down defense as well. That that is critical. Well, and, and one Tech. more thing, Joe, too. I mean, this is Ryan Willis. Now, I dogged him last week unfairly. Kid threw for 332 yeah. yards and a couple and three times. Average t- like three 19 touchdowns. yards of completion. Which yeah, is yeah crazy. so he played yeah. fantastically well, but this is a different defense. I, I mean, the, the next level corner that Jamie was talking about is Julian Love, right. Tillery on the inside, uh Tavon Coney at linebacker. This is a fast defense that held Wake Forest, Stanford, and and Michigan to their lowest offensive totals of the year. This is a fantastic defense. So Virginia Tech, I think, gets taken down a peg even in Blacksburg. Yeah, I just look at the way Fuente utilizes formations. I mean, Virginia Tech is averaging around 214 rushing yards per game. They're passing right in the area of about 220 per game. And they're on defense holding opposing offenses to 31% on third down conversions. If they could force Notre Dame early on into long third downs and allow that defense to pin their ears back with the crowd noise, they can possibly get in, get up on Notre Dame, and that's where I think the matchup plays out. Now, if Ian Book starts hot and jumps up quick, this is an offense in Notre Dame that's converting 41% on third downs. That's going to put a lot of pressure on Willis to match them score for score, and that could be the recipe for Notre Dame to run away and, with and this And ND game. has played a tougher yeah, schedule. I, I think they're, they're far more battle-tested yeah. than Virginia Tech. I mean, Virginia Tech opened with Florida State. They're not what we thought they were going to be. Duke is a good team, but it's still Duke, so... I think they are more battle tested. Yeah, as well. I would take I would um, I would take the over, but I don't feel confident. I feel confident, more confident in, in Virginia Tech winning this ball game 28-24. You have a, a suggestion on the total in this matchup? Yeah, I'm I think uh, I think it's gonna get into the mid fifties. Yeah. I would tend to believe it's a little higher score and a lower score. There's just too much talent and speed on the field. Plus special teams, plus turnovers. Yeah. People, you know, people talk about totals. Well, this defense and that defense. Defense create turnovers. Defenses score. Defenses give their offense the ball on the opposition's 22-yard line at times. Yeah, we'll see. I, mean, I would uh, expect a big special team entertaining player game, to right? here tonight. Good, definitely be an entertaining well, game. I think if Notre Dame wins. I like wins, the points. I'm not messing with it. And total. they win and dominate. I mean, they they legitimate top three team. I, I mean, I put them right up there with Georgia and Alabama because of the— Well, uh, not Alabama. I don't put anybody no, with well, Alabama. I, mean, I, I would say Georgia. Georgia might Clemson be a fair at this comparison. Point in the season. And, yeah, I think uh, that's a fair that's Even a fair though Clemson comparison. has better talent, I think, on the defensive side of the ball, if they dominate fair this point. matchup— You, you would see. have to put—you're right. Like, Clemson have the pedigree because of what they've done in the past years, but they haven't shown seen it yet. this year, Notre Dame deserves to be ranked higher than the Clemson Tigers, in my opinion. They've well, met every test. Right. We'll see. We'll see. It. That's why they're, they're due for letdown. It's really hard to play with this intensity and, and this and level. Peaking. They're it also is. peaking. Clemson coming off the 27-23 yeah. win over Syracuse. And how about we talked about it with with, uh, with Lawrence and Kelly Bright and everything, and then Lawrence gets yeah. hurt. 
Yep. Yeah. After all that, he got yeah. hurt. Yeah. I know he's back this week, but nevertheless. Yeah. And the Bryce kid looked pretty good. Maybe last week he gets hurt. Kelly Bryant goes back in, kills it. And, and he's like, you know what? We're just going to stick with Bryant now. Well, Keeps his job. The one thing is good teams win on the road. And if you can't the win on the road. Win, great teams cover, as yes, they say in Vegas. True, but I'm talking college football yeah. playoff. If Notre no, Dame right. is a legitimate college football playoff contender, it's great to win yep. with touchdown Jesus. It's another thing to win in Lane Stadium and do it in dominating fashion. So we'll see how that Good game point. plays out a little bit later tonight. Eight o'clock kick. We'll turn our attention to a huge battle in the swamp. LSU and Florida. LSU got this win last year, 17 to 16. They've won three of the last five over the Gators by 7.2 points per game. You look at this LSU team holding opposing offenses to only 104 rushing yards per game. I like the way this team is buying into the team mentality guys. I think they strike the upset. Not going to be easy, but I do think they get a 7-10 to 10 point win in the Swamp later tonight. You're on Florida. I, no, no, no. LSU. You're, on, you're on LSU. LSU. Yeah, I'm on LSU too. I mean, you sold me a couple of weeks ago. It took a while before I got on board, but there's something special about this LSU team. Not great offensively. We could, we could keep talking about Joe Burrow's completion yeah. percentage. At this point, who cares? They're winning football games and they're getting better. Now, I know it was Ole Miss's defense, but we saw a balance on offense. Burrow throwing the ball a little bit better you got that two-headed monster in the backfield running the ball and when Ed Orgeron has a 100-yard rusher 14-0 and so that's going to be a key can they get some rushing you know prowess against that Florida defense these are two similar teams both defensively geared teams but what I like is LSU has proven they can win outside of Baton Rouge yep. number one and they have the more experienced quarterback. I'm not a big Felipe Franks fan. I think LSU continues yeah. to roll. And here's the thing, Gabe, when you look at Florida as a whole, giving up 172 rushing yards per game, LSU battle-tested, like Rich mentioned, plus seven in turnover margin, and more importantly, holding opposing offenses to only 33% on third-down conversions. That could be the recipe as well. Again, th- everybody seems to sell LSU short, and they're starting to buy in, baby. Like, hey, it's us against the world. They've got a chip on their shoulder, and I sold them short coming into the year. I learned my lesson. I was on the Miami Hurricanes in week one. I, I could tell right away, right away, like five minutes into this game, I was like, well, I'm on the wrong side. I'm on the wrong side. I could just tell there's a different – they have a chip on their shoulder, this LSU team. They hear everybody. I've talked about it. Next Alabama, you know, you look in the SEC, who's produced? I mean, Georgia's put some nice players in the, in the league, but LSU have NFL talent, guys. Geis, Fournette. Uh, Trey, Trey White, one of the best cornerbacks in the National Football League. They have NFL talent. Joe Burrow, not a numbers guy. His best game was against Mississippi. Give him a little bit of confidence. I look at this and, you know, who um, I, I want to pat myself on the back. Is Barry Horwitz here? <laughs> I want to pat myself on the back a little bit here once again. What did I tell you guys last week? Dan Mullen recruited everybody on that team. They're going to go in there. Florida gets the outright win up there in Starkville. This is a letdown now. All jacked up, coming back home. Ed Orgon, say what you will about this guy. And he likes to eat chicken on a stick from Exxon gas stations. I had chicken wings from an Exxon gas station the other night. It was my dinner. It was pretty good. Um, the guy's 10-2 and two against the spread last 12 uh, games uh, as a road underdog. You just talked about good teams win on the road. LSU are tough kids. They are. They're not phased by going on the road. They're going to be excited in the tunnel going, screw the Gators. Let's do this. Yeah. And what's funny is this game. They're better. Quite frankly, they're a better team. I respect the hell out of Mullen. I think the Gators are back, going to be back in future years. 
I just think LSU a little bit more developed than Florida is at this point in time. Give me LSU. I couldn't agree more. And here's the thing. LSU converting 41% on third downs. Joe Burrow has not turned the football over. He's playing well within the system. And more importantly as well, when you look at Florida as a whole offensively, even though they dominated the last couple of weeks, they're only converting 36% on third down conversions. And when I look at LSU, they have Georgia on deck, but they're not looking ahead. They're into this ballgame. It's a oh, rivalry yeah. game. I like the. I think they win this. I think they're physical at the point of attack, and that's the difference in this ballgame. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still think it's a close game. I yeah, don't know if you're predicting a blowout. No, but I think it, these be, games are always close. I mean, yeah. they're always decided by a touchdown or less. So if you're betting this game, I, I think if you take LSU, you're going to win, but you might have to sweat it out. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be. Oh, yes. By, uh, I like at, the under as well, as long as we're talking. You guys talking total. Yeah, Come on, Joe. How does this I game can't where, take, where are the points coming from? I can't from? take an under. Again, everything might point to the under. Crazy things happen in this what game. What is the number, by the way? 43 and a half. That's 23-20. I mean, it, it, it's a conference game. First of all, it's a rivalry game. If a team gets up, they're going to want to try and score. Defensively, both teams are rock solid. I don't see where the Florida's only given up 140 passing yards per game. Defense and special, special teams, teams. Both of these teams last are year capable. Seventeen, sixteen, but yeah. I mean, that was a. I mean, let's keep in mind that game that LSU won last year was a must-win for the Tigers. That was after they lost to Troy at home. A lot of pressure on Matt Canada in that ball game. A lot of pressure on the rushing attack. They got it done running the football. 17-16, year before 16-10. Is there, is there what that sounds like an LSU Florida score? Yeah. That's what we're accustomed to. I, I would to. take the over, though. I, w- I would just take yeah, the over in this matchup. It's dangerous betting in under in, in the low 40s, mid 40s. It, in it today's really day is. and age, with all the speed that's going to be on the field, it really is. You know, 23 20 still gets there. I, I'm, I don't see it higher than 23 20. I'm looking at a 2017 LSU win, 1916 LSU win. You know, yeah. there's going to be a weird deal where someone misses it, too. It'll be an awkward score. You know what I mean? 2015 or something yeah. weird like well, that. Yeah. I said LSU is plus seven in turnover margin. Florida plus nine in turnover wow. margin. If you're well, their defense is playing exceptionally well. well, that, well and we saw it against Mississippi field. State yeah. last week. Let me throw one more number out there. Why I think if you bet LSU, you're going to walk away with cash today. You cannot go up. Gabe had said it earlier. When, when you're riding a horse, you continue to ride it. LSU... Last nine SEC games they've covered nine in a row in the SEC. That's and two as road, as road. That the road. is staggering level of success for Eddie Orgeron. This is a different coach. I said it a few weeks ago. This is not the same coach that was at Ole Miss. No. He has evolved. He's more yep. than just the the really good interim coach. This guy is learning how to lead a team. Offensively, but especially defensively. Got a very good staff as well. He seems to trust his staff as well. Quintessential SEC game in which field goal kickers and turnovers are huge. I think LSU is confident. They're beginning to surge offensively. If they get one of those 100-yard rushers, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Nick Brissett, look out. I I think LSU's got a real legitimate shot here. If they win this ballgame convincingly, they're going to face Georgia next week in Baton Rouge. It's already a 3.30 kick. Again, I, they match up very well against Georgia physicality-wise on the offensive George, defense. They line. match up with everybody physicality. Like, who don't they match up but, with? But, but, what, but the point is, it, what's funny is that everybody heading into the season was against this team because they didn't have quarterback. They didn't right. have a quarterback. They didn't have a quarterback. And, and let's all be they real. do is run the football and, and stuff the run, and that secondary is unbelievable. And Ed Orgeron was looked at sort of as uh, a character. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, you know, we ate the chicken. The on voice the stick is down phenomenal, I'm, I'm by good, the way. I'm a recruiter. Like it's the way he talks. Are, no, no, oh. good no, people sort of thought, okay. You know, I mean, he's a recruiter. Guy's a great dude. He was five and twenty in his career against teams with a winning record before coming into this year. Let's be real. He was on the hot seat. You know, he's basically the South Clay Helton. You know, yeah, you can recruit. Anyone can recruit at the school you're at. But but let's not forget. The Les Miles did to get top them, five talent there for years. Top five talent was yeah, good. And, and he couldn't coach an offense no, he, and began to fade that, at right. the end. But yeah. they still had top five talent when Eddie Always. O took, took Always. it over. So now he's Gary Donardo had top five talent when he was at I don't LSU. know about no. Herb Tyler he had. Kevin Falk. He did have. He had. He had Larry Foster Let's there. Let's call so. it top 20 talent. He blew that game, he, he blew that 20, game in 98, Coach uh, DiNardo, when the, against Andrew Zhao. Matt had, Flynn? No, not Matt Flynn. Flynn 1998. Flynn was was, that was last Flynn was Flynn, It was right? Herb Might Tyler. Saban, no? Herb, it was Herb Tyler and, uh, and Andrew Zhao. Who was Rohan Davey? That was uh, uh, Saban. Saban. Rohan Davey. Was that Rohan Davey? And Josh, yeah. Josh Reed. Yeah, they, they tore up Kirk Hittner in Illinois in that matchup. Yep. So... Uh, well, we all like LSU, yes. so that, that seems well, to be so a consensus. How they get there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right. So LSU we'll is the pick. LSU. Let's, let's look at I've the other match. I've LSU before. I, didn't, I wasn't at the game. I didn't go to a game, but I was in Baton Rouge. It was amazing, man. I was at the bus station. It's basically like literally trailers on, on milk crates and stuff. Go Tigers. And then in the distance... These just sort of trees and white pillars and, and the campus. Unbelievable. Be a beautiful uh, looking stadium and campus in the distance. It's a great atmosphere. I mean, it, it, it's going to make the SEC West. I mean, if LSU wins and then wins next week against Georgia, this is a team that obviously we said it before can compete with Alabama. They do I mean, match up well with Georgia. We have not seen Georgia's no. A game yet. Now, maybe they turn it up next I'm week. I'm a Georgia fan. I don't think Georgia is where they were yeah, last Georgia's year. Georgia's not clicking on all especially cylinders Especially defensively, at this point. especially in the, in the interior. I'm not sold on Georgia. There's a target on them now, though, on a weekly basis. Yeah, as we'll, well. See. we'll see if they step up against Vanderbilt today. Are they looking ahead against LSU? Could be a matchup a little bit later in Sanford Stadium. When we come back, we'll be talking about the 12 o'clock games. We'll We'll also talk about Auburn and Mississippi State. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, Gabe Marenzi, live from Studio 34.